Hui Maoliola proudly presents Leo Kupa, a Ho'olono Mai, the thought-provoking podcast on perpetuating Hawaiian health and wellness. Brought to you this week by Maoliola Wednesdays and hosted by Kamaka Nui Ha'ilono Jingao. なあ、うまくやかひなくやかひなあろいかひきないこもはなあ、こぷなまはろぴはえほまいかいかいかいかかまなきょうまねあおこまねあまこまねあかほあまんまうわのはえほおまな Welcome to Leo Kupa from us at Hui Maoliola. The mission of Hui Maoliola is to perpetuate Hawaiian healing and wellness and to empower our people through healing. Once a month, we host Maoliola Wednesdays where we bring in guest speakers and renowned practitioners to share their manao and ikekupuna about our traditional Hawaiian healing and wellness practices. Maoliola Wednesdays are free to the public and held every fourth Wednesdays at Papahana Kuaola, located on Oahu, in the Ahupua of Heia, in the Ili of Waipau. Papahana Kuaola is a Malama Aina-based learning organization that is connecting the area's past with a sustainable future. Follow them at Papahana Kuaola. For more information about Mauliola Wednesdays, go to our website at huimauliola.org. This year's Mauliola Wednesday series is centered around the restoration of mana and maintaining pono. Our past two guests were Kapono Souza and his conversation on Lomi Lomi and Ho'oma'ema'e and Puni Jackson and the importance of Aina. This month on Wednesday, July 22nd, 27th, we'll welcome two guests to talk about the importance of La'au Lapa'au or medicinal plants for restoring mana and maintaining pono. Um, Love Chance is the owner of Indigenous Home Company, a wife, mother of three, and a plant lover. She was privileged to attend UH while Kumu Livon Ohai was alive and took all of his classes, being very thirsty for knowledge. Livon thought of plants, life, and of the Creator. Shortly after, she had the honor of studying with Kumu Alva Andrews for Lomi Lomi. Love was also on the original Hui Maoliola trip to Aotearoa and one of the um, original members. <laughs> That was a twilight time in her life, and since then, she challenges herself to continue learning, practicing, and today focuses on raising her family from the values her teachers taught her. She looks forward to working and collaborating with the community. Matt Kier was born and raised on Oahu and studied forestry, forest biology at the University of Oregon. He has been working on protecting and conserving native Hawaiian plants since 1997. Most of his work has been for the university on the island of Oahu. He now works for Laokahi, an emerging network of botanical gardens, land managers, researchers, and botanists, 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 working to secure collections from rare plants and protect native habitats. He's especially interested in working with native plants that no longer produce seeds and figuring out how to make sure we don't lose any more to extinction. Aloha, love, and Matt. How are you guys doing today? Aloha. Yes. Thank you guys for being here with us on Leo Kupa. 
Um, it's an honor to be with you guys. So share with us a little bit about you guys selves so that our listeners can, um, you know, know a little bit about you guys for our Molly All the Wednesdays. Okay, um, I'm Love and currently being a mother full-time and have a small soap company um, and making organic bar soap on o- Oahu. And um, that all started with for... That all started from the love of La'au Lapa'au and um, actually made my first bar of soap, like the first semester being with Lavano High uh, at UH. Um, since then, uh, we've been working on researching uh, in books and with our kupuna and um, different places on Native Hawaiian birthing and pregnancy practices. So my free time kind of goes to um, those talking with women and trying to get uh, more people familiar with native plants, you know, la'alapa'au in their pregnancy, uh, in the idea of if you're pregnant and you're having a baby come into this world using plants of your ancestors, that your baby will remember that DNA and you perpetuate the life of your family, and your culture, and the baby comes out, you know, not searching for that when they're 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, but going, oh yeah, when I was born, this is what we did, and this is how we did it, and, you know, just kind of trying to give back to the kids is, and in, in personally and with the community, that's kind of where I'm at right now, but that's about it. Great. Thank yeah. you, love. <laughs> yourself, man. Uh, let's see, I'm, uh, I've been lucky enough to learn uh, from, from several people who taught me a lot about how to look for and secure collections of, of native plants. So I've mostly been working on Oahu to, um, to try to, to find where some of our native plants are, try to find uh, out how we can protect them. And for those that can't be protected in place, try to figure out how to bring them out of the mountains, cultivate them in safe places, and keep them uh, in top shape to return back into the native ecosystems. Uh, More and more, I'd like to try to build collections of plants uh, in public places where people can uh, enjoy them, make use of them, and understand the central role they play in our island lifestyle so that we can focus more energies on preserving and protecting natural areas and native plant communities uh, so that they'll be here for decades and centuries to come. Great. So that's important for our our La'au enthusiasts and our native planters, you know, having these um, collections that we can continue to, um, to have these native plants available for the next generation. You know, and we're here, um, over here at Lions Arboretum, and um, you know, got the opportunity to visit some of the collection. And um, do you want to share with us some of the um, collections that you guys have here that you're passionate about? Yeah, uh, well, Lion Arboretum is one of the the primary places in Hawaii where we can we can bring our rarest plants to be cared for and cultivated and multiplied so that we don't lose them. Often 
Uh, in Hawaii, we find uh, remnant populations of very, uh, very small plants. So there are over 235 different native plants species that have less than 50 individual plants left, and that's it. And many of those uh, plants are only uh, older, mature, large flowering trees with no keiki to be found. So the systems are often broken from the impacts of invasive species, from uh, ungulates tearing up the forest and, and actually eating plants, to uh, slugs and rats and competition with new plants that were brought in as weeds. And because of all of those problems, a lot of the native plants that weren't exposed to any of those organisms for thousands and millions of years are now uh, greatly impacted by all of them all at the same time. And the work that people do up into the mountains is to try to protect and restore those communities so that we don't lose any of those members. And not only are they those plants important to us and to our to culturally and in producing healthy watersheds that give us the water we drink and the air we breathe, but they're also who we share this island with. They're organisms in their own right, and our work is to preserve all of them so that we can uh, pass along um, their, the ways that they found out to live in Hawaii onto the next generation, too. Hmm? Yeah, pigs and goats and sheep and deer and cattle are all currently um, on some of our different islands, so they all affect the forests in, in different ways. And, and Lion Arboretum has, uh, has facilities that specialize in the propagation of, of plants and bringing in uh, some of the hardest to grow plants and figuring out um, through advanced methods and some just basic old-school growing how to figure out how to uh, make sure that we can take pieces of really old trees and get them to produce roots and uh, so that we won't lose them uh, as as a lot of the plants aren't able to to have keiki because they're not being pollinated anymore we've lost a lot of our bird species that used to specialize on our Hawaiian plants so when plants aren't pollinated uh, they don't produce seeds, or the seeds that they produce aren't, aren't necessarily fit and ready for the next generation. So one of the things we can do is figure out how they were pollinated and, and recreate that uh, through, through hand pollinating and, and through careful breeding and research at, a, at secure places like this. Nice. Thank you. Speaking of the next generation, I know you have some keikis. Is there some la'ao that, you know, your keikis is already starting to be attuned to or things that you want to share with your keikis um, down the line that you have some favorite lao that you like working with? Yeah, I just am so interested in what Matt, Matt's working with. I, I just hear him talk and I was like, okay, what about, I got, got to remember that for next time because I got to ask you that question. But, um, well, one thing that we have all the time in our household is uhaloa. Like, we probably drink it. At one point, we were drinking it every day. We kind of go through... Uh, that phase of taking something every day and then stopping for a while and then kind of open the cabinet and be like, oh my gosh, we have so much of this. Why don't we drink this more often or take this more often, you know, because we just keep stashing stuff in our um, medicine cabinet. But one of the things we 
it's fun because the kids, they can pull Uhulo, right? And we're right across the street from the beach. So we're always like watching where they're growing or um, some of our friends are real estate. So we, you know, see what vacant lots are for sale. And like right before they're about to, um, you know, uh, take out everything and put pour concrete or whatever, we'll go in and be like, okay, when is, okay, tomorrow you're going to, whatever, so we'll go in and harvest all the uhulo in the parking lots, or, or not the parking lots, but the vacant lots, and um, mostly by beach areas, you know, so that's one fun thing that we're always collecting, and then the kids, they, like, take off the, the, the leaves, and then we strip the bark, and we clean it, and dry it, and have them in all these plastic bags of, like, this is from this place, and this is from this place, and then boil it and or uh, you know let the water boil and let it sit for like five hours and then we all get to see what color it changes and so it's been interesting along the way to see oh wow that one from you know the windy area down by Pico's or whatever gets really really blood red tea and this one by you know growing Manoa is really light red almost pink you know so that's been a really fun, like, pro- ongoing project in our house, but it's also, you know, to get the kids to drink uhulos or, you know, anytime that there's, you know, something wrong with your, their throat coughing, like, right away coughing or something like that, and they get uhulo right away. But they're so familiar with the plant, they don't, they're not noticing it's medicine, you know, so that's why sometimes we drink it every day, just because, oh, you know, winter's coming, we drink it every day, whatever, and then, ooh, you're getting a cough, go eat the, drink the hula, they're like, okay, cool, like, that's, we're, we're fine with that, it's like strawberries or something, you know, yeah. we, we love it, so. That's important, getting the kids familiarized with it at a... Yeah, Young age. and it's one thing at a time. Like when I before I had kids, I had this idea of what it was gonna be like, and that, you know, when you have three kids, <laughs> one thing is a good, you know, good level to hit at a time. One thing at a time. Like baby steps are huge, you know. So, yeah. Nice. Do you have any kids? Yeah. Yeah, one daughter. One daughter. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What is she? How old is she? Six. Six. Six yeah. already? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fast. Yep. She was like three yesterday. Blowing up. Tell me about it. So being that you guys have kids, <laughs> how would you explain manna and, and ponno to your children? Um, I was just thinking about the Alolo no Yao. <laughs> he threw me off. But it was uh, love gives life with it, and it's so simple. But but I was downstairs looking at all the you know seeds that and growths or whatever. They're not even from seeds; they're just growth, life, Mm -hmm. and this rare plant you know area. And and what we were talking about was it's crazy to see all these this stuff. The you know next couple hundred years maybe in test tubes and this is the last of it being saved and it's kind of sad in a sense but then also it's so inspiring because what is keeping that going is love there's not some huge fun you know thing of somebody giving money going yeah we have so much money just do all this stuff no it's like it's in a basement of a place where there's termites eating it, and it and there's so many people like Matt that's been working for so many years that focus on it, and there's just this 
constant thing. And is that mana? Is that love? Is it the same thing? You know? But it's what is perpetuating our future. And that's the, like, one little tiny piece besides the environment, besides the species, besides human or plant or animal or whatever it is, there's one little thing that's keeping everything going and it, and, and I guess that's what mana is. That one thing, that one thing that gets Matt to do this for 20 years in this place and that one thing that gets all of his colleagues to, you know, save that one plant and the most rare plant in the world downstairs, you know? And that's the same thing that makes that one plant in the world for the last four years go, you know what, guys? I'm not going to die right now. I'm not going to die today. I'm going to keep going because you guys are paying so much attention to me. And you guys want this. We're going to work together and we're going to make this work, you know, whatever it may be in the future. So even that relationship. The relationship. The relationships of having that, that aloha for that, that plant mm -hmm. to have that. You know, doesn't even have to be human to human or like the love and the mana is just something that's it's it's could be it could be the relationship between time and light. It's that small. It's like the beginning of time. You know, the relationship between time and light brought everything. But now we're going way deep. So. <laughs> <laughs> With yourself, Matt, any, um, any things to help um, for your children, you know, to um, the concept of, 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 of Pono with your um, daughter, was it? Mm -hmm. it? It makes me think of, um, you know, if in, in our kind of remote island state out here, if we take all of the life that exists together, us and the plants and everybody, uh, as, as that's some, some collective set of energies and powers. It, it really does get all split up into uh, how we're all unique. And uh, in, with plants, um, we're, in, we're in a place where there's an exceptional number of different species that occur within the same valley or the same ahupua'a. And it's exceptional um, on a worldwide scale, so that nine out of every ten flowering plants that are native to Hawaii only occur in Hawaii, so that they're endemic. And that if we lose plant species in Hawaii, then that's it for the world to lose that plant species. So Hawaii has uh, more endemic plant species, so that are only found and unique to Hawaii, than most of the other places in the whole world. And when we lose one bit of that, you can never get that back. So I think of the, the, the collective power of Hawaii is really made up of really small bits that only occur in all of these places that this plant is unique to just this pu'u in just this mountain range and just this island. And if you don't make an effort to protect that pu'u, you're going to lose that species. And, and that, we just begin to erode the, the whole collective power that we all have. And I feel <clears throat> like I, I should be teaching my daughter about that, that 
that each place is unique, <clears throat> each being that lives there is unique, and if you don't take the time to save that place, that's the only place that it ever will only be found. And so that's what is one of the things that makes Hawaii uh, really special, is that that's unique on a, on a global level, that we have plants and animals that only exist in very small, very specific, very unique places, only on this ridge, only on the north coast of Molokai, only ever has this palm tree ever been found, and that's what, the only place it's ever going to live, and there are palm trees throughout the state, but that one looks different than everything else, so you can't take palm trees from one side of the island and move them to the other to replace the ones that are there, because uh, they're not the same. And each one of those has a, a special and a unique set of characters that that kind of uh, make up its mana. And if we're if we're not careful, we're going to start to lose these little pieces, and 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 really watch the the, the collective mana uh, begin to decline and deteriorate because it's really made up of all of these small pieces that, that hold us all together. And so I think that's easily transferable into life stories, you know, and yeah. life lessons for, for our children. And we need to, we can't lose any of us, you know. Us as a community, we're all little bits that we all contribute in, and, uh, and plants are the same way. That's part of the restoration process. So Mahalo for doing that, you know, continuing to restore the mana of the, those locations, those plants for, you know, like your kids, loves kids, you know, that's important of that. Um, so more people can be aware that of, you know, we got to continue to restore our native plants, mm -hmm. you know, so that they can um, continue to be around for the next generations. Yeah. Um, and another one, since we're talking about some of the um, the community and whatnot, you know, what would be characteristics or practices of people um, in our community who would be cons considered, you know, um, excellent practitioners in whether it be La'au or whether it be in native forestry of preserving um, our native plants, you know, what would be um, good characteristics? It's a great question because I've witnessed the past year two friends of mine, well, one mother-in-law, but the other a friend, move into that realm. And I was just thinking and, and I said, oh my gosh, you are now Kupuna. You, this, we've, you, you've arrived. This is it. We need to be different. You know, I called uh, my family. I'm like, okay, so their status is changing. Every time they walk in, we need to make sure that they have water and that they're sat where they need to sat, sit and that we, you know, serve them first and this and that and the other, you know. And I sat down with my mother-in-law. I kind of told her that, too. It's like, okay, you know, okay. Or, you know, and my uncle's like, okay, I'm not that old, but but it is. And, and like, one thing is is that there's, um, there, there's a commitment to the process. And, you know, for my mother-in-law, her process is that she gets up every single morning and meditates for hours, like an hour or two, but every single morning. And, you know, I, I, my witness, the, my first teacher, Ohai, you know, have his process, a very specific process. And, and I have the utmost respect for him because he practiced what he preached to the day he passed, you know, 
And um, when you see people commit to that to their process, that's when you n- you notice, wow, they're a true that they're a practitioner. They're practicing what they're preaching, you know. And I don't know if that answered the question, but that's one thing that happened recently in the past couple nice. of years that I've noticed. You know, for me, they kind of take on go somebody moving to the next level of that, you know. Yes, absolutely. And that process of being a practitioner, you know, that commitment. Committing to what that, it is. Yeah. That, you know, discipline in some sense of mm-hmm. that process. And when I think of, a, um, of the characteristics of, of somebody who, who I look up to in that way, um, I, I, think, I think of a term that's used sometimes um, is plant blindness. And it describes how maybe most people in the world will will look at a hillside of plants and they won't see individual species they won't see a diverse plant community it it really does appear to be just a carpet of green with slightly different textures and and if as you start to meet and and hang out with people who are are much more interested in plants what you definitely notice a different set of uh, of skills of observation right in order to to tease apart plants in a landscape um, your eyes need to be educated to find the textural differences in the structure and forest and when you begin to look more closely um, you can see the difference between trees and shrubs and herbs and sedges and and ferns and and when you look even more closely you can notice the difference between individual plants and that this plant is slightly different than this plant and this plant is slightly different than these and these plants are all similar and similarly different from these set of plants and that's something that I'm really interested in the the human relationship with with our natural world and and how there are people who are exceptionally skilled at being able to to you know differentiate between what we would call different species or be able to indicate how this character on this plant is shared with this character on this plant and how these populations could be related and it's a thing that can be taught, but it also seems to be sort of an abstract uh, skill that some people have a whole lot of, that they can see through this blindness and not see a carpet of green, but to truly see the diversity of life within a set of plants, um, I think that that's an that's a important character to try to... Um, to bring out in, in, in Keiki or any of your friends that happen to, to have those types of skills. It's something that we shouldn't lose as humans to be able to, to select individual plants and select cultivars and select which ones are going to be the healthiest for us and whatever that connection is, uh, that's, that's something that we should be passing along and encouraging. Uh, in our children and, and our friends so that we don't uh, we don't lose that skill. Absolutely. Well, as you can see, we're going to have a great Maliola Wednesday <laughs> conversation, gang. Well, um, you know, mahalo nui. Um, mahalo nui once again 
to our guests tonight, Love Chance and Matt Keir, for joining us on Leo Cooper. Come join them at Papahana Kua Ola on Wednesday, July 27th for Maoli Ola Wednesdays. Mahalo to our, our listeners. Leo Kupa is produced by myself and Brother Kavika Brown. Um, if you like this podcast, please share the link on social media and rate it on iTunes. It really helps. Um, and please subscribe to our mailing list at huimauliola.org where you can get up-to-the-moment information on Hui Mauliola events, um, practitioners in your area, and Hui Mauliola merchandise like the Kiala Okamahina Hawaiian Moon Calendar. Um, follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and once again, mahalo nui. So close up with the pule e kiakua manalo alai lalo ke kai nao makua. Yeah, kahina kua, kahina alo, kahikina kumuhana. Nakupuna, mahalo piha, e ho mai ka ike, ka ikai ka kamana keola, mania o ko, mania ma ko, mania ka ko, a mama ua noa, e ho o mana noe. Right on. Thank you guys. Controlled, a controlled environment. You should have told me you could have passed I'm sure Clancy would love to run Clancy is officially on. The sun is down. All right on, you guys. All right. Yeah, everyone's down. That's fun. Yeah, thank you for your in-depth conversation, man. Jeez, man, you got some... Good knowledge, man. Awesome, right? <laughs> and I know him for a few years and I had no idea what he did. And then suddenly, like Jeff or Andy, I think Andy told me. And I'm like, what? How come you never told me? Okay, how do I bring up conversations? I want to know more about plants. <laughs> so this is awesome. Thanks for giving your time and coming over yeah. to do this. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. That and, um, you know, the hopes is we, maybe we can um, collaborate and get... Um, you know the those native plants that people really you know yeah really need or whatnot. We can yeah, maybe yeah, put out a you. call to the community to see if some of them have certain plants or whatnot. That I see it as a whole project. Like if we have to survey people, yeah, statewide and see what they're using and what they would need for, and mm-hmm. like you know, yeah, we yeah we've done a few of those like. Uh, you know, years of surveys have been, you know, participating in things like that. Yeah. Some pretty cool information comes out. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been talking with, with my friend Kaleo about doing that. He works, um, he takes care of like Ulupo Heao and stuff oh, yeah, on yeah, the inside. Yeah. And uh, because he's got all this planting area, it's like, uh, you know, for something like Olona, you know, it's like a super important plant. No one has collections of Olona, and he's a Hokulea uh, navigator too, so he wants cordage, you know, he wants, to, yeah. he wants to go back and be able to use this stuff, so for us, it's like, well, I, I know Olona in the mountains, I can bring you some, but it's hard to grow, it's, uh, you know, we don't really even totally understand how it was cultivated for so long, centuries ago, so to figure out how to bring those plants back well there's probably always been somebody like you and i wonder what your hawaiian title would be you know how 
<laughs> no, no, but you know, like uh, back in the day, they had all kinds of people that did, had certain jobs. Oh, yeah. You know, well, so you there was probably somebody who had a job that yeah, 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 yeah. you, whatever your job. I wonder what your name would what would have been. You know. Yeah, well, I would always want to do like, like you know what I mean. Like your work, bro, is freaking important for the community, yeah. man. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Without you, bro, things would be like you know there'd be a lot of. And um, how did the cordage survive that long? Well, there was somebody had that job. Yes. You know? Yeah. I want I want the job to um, like take bananas up into the mountains. Like that. That's maybe what would probably be my favorite job. So you still go to all these places, right? It's like, bananas in the it's like, oh, it's my up there, you know? Like, what? How did that even get up there? So, and there, there were clearly people like chucking them off the cliffs and putting them into streams like for a long, long time. Because this island is like full of mica up in the mountains, you know? So interesting to see that, that footprint, you know? People who live down here, people live full time up there. It's like mm -hmm. the people on the mountains. And, and one of the, the bird catchers and oh, yeah. collectors. Right, the feather collectors. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. One of the me medicinal things that we're making now is uh, three days after the baby's born, we take nine drops of the banana flower sap and put it into a mixture from an Ehal mixture. So we have like all kind of like, like six other different plants. Yeah. Put it all together. And then